Welcome to the Live Big, Find Your Magic podcast. I'm your host, Anna Gray. I'm a nurse by day, but have built multiple businesses on the side over the last 11 years. The best thing about the last 11 years are the relationships that I've developed and the people I've met. I created this podcast because I felt their stories needed to be heard. You need to hear who they are and how they find magic in their life. Let's listen in. Hey guys, welcome to the Live Big Find Your Magic podcast. I'm super excited to share with you today, my guest. This is what I love. I love sharing my guests from all over my life. It's like uh, a drop here and a drop here and a drop here and a drop here. And Susan, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for being on this podcast and agreeing to be here and sharing your story. I know I reached out to you and said, I want you on this podcast. So thank you. It's my pleasure. Awesome. Okay, guys. So I met Susan in a Facebook group. It's the Peloton Singles Over 40 group. Uh, You may have watched a previous episode where I met my friend Rachel in the same group. And I'll tell you, this group has been just a life lifesaver, life changer for, I know for Susan and I, for many, many people in there. And it's just a really amazing space that has something to do with Peloton, but really the people that are in there are just incredibly genuine, incredibly supportive, incredibly human. And that's how I met Susan. Susan has shared her story in there. I've connected. We have a similar story. Um, just in life, uh, and our age. And, uh, you know, every time I see Susan share, it makes me smile. It makes me inspired to just live life. And that is one of the biggest reasons why I wanted her on here is to share her story on finding those pieces of magic in her life, especially when life um, throws you curveballs, major, major curveballs. And Susan shows up and she just inspires so many people, including myself. And I feel like her story needs to be heard. So thank you again for being here. And I really appreciate you as a friend who I have not met physically, but one of these days you end up getting closer and closer. One of these days, we're going to be in the same location on the same weekend and we're going to make it happen. Yes. Yes, we are. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. I'm going to ask you a few ice breaking questions. They're very easy to ask, uh, very easy to ask for me, but very easy (laughs) to answer for you. Um, so number one, what brings you joy? What's one thing that brings you joy? There's obviously no wrong answer here. Oh gosh. There's so many things that bring me joy, but I will tell you. So the whole reason that you see me the way that you see me is because that is what my son who he passed away from cancer, uh, it'll be 11 years ago, this February. And during his journey, his diagnosis, his treatment, his um, statement to the world was embrace life. And he lived every minute, like it could be his last minute. And he found joy in, you know, the drive to the hospital, we would turn up the music and have a dance party in the car 
He might throw up like five minutes later, but we were going to make it great for that moment that we could. And after he passed away, for me, one of the most important things was to keep trying. And I failed miserably. I will tell you, if you, if you were interviewing me back in um, 2012, 13, 14, 15, you'd get a very different version because I had to really, it was a struggle. It was a struggle to come back to joy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have an amazing daughter who deserved to have that life, to have a mother who was present, who was focused and who could find joy and the laughter that we used to have, you know, when we were an intact family. And I just think, um, you know, he's, he's my reason. He's always in the back of my head as my why every day when I wake up, when I go to bed, he's the reason. And when it gets ugly and gosh, you know, we're in the Peloton singles group over 40. So we've had some ugly in our lives. Um, when it gets ugly, I keep going back to what would David do? How would he approach this? And can we put aside the difficult parts or could we actually have the cry, have the fit, and then go find a way to be joyful in, in the moment? Um, and I think that's really what I, I really focus on that. And I spend a lot of energy trying to create those moments. Yeah, it's very apparent. It's very apparent. And, and, and we are blessed that you share that with us because you could just do your thing and, you know, look, I worked out, I I'm doing all of these things and not share that piece of it, but sharing that piece just makes it so much brighter in the fact that you're embracing that and really just his legacy is, is you. And that's just the most beautiful thing. So I'm so glad that you shared that for that answer because, um, it makes complete sense. And I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm incredibly touched by that very much. So, okay. Um, do you believe that everyone has a purpose in life and there's no, again, no wrong or right answer on this one? So I think we all have a purpose in life. And I think sometimes the purpose can change over time. Um, I remember back when I was younger, I I worked in higher education administration, um, dealing with students and supporting them. I wasn't a teacher, but uh, on the career counseling side and the college admission side. And I really, that was my calling. I love that population. I love that work. I love the environment of a college campus. And then David got sick. And I remember sitting in an admissions interview with a family and they were fighting about the child's choice of major and how expensive it was to go to the college and what a waste of money this was going to be. And there'd be no future for this child. And, you know, externally, I just kind of stayed neutral, tried to be supportive of both sides, you know, show some different angles, but inside and, and David had just died. um, And I was just newly back to work. And I, I was just absolutely enraged by the way this family was approaching their child and this child's energy and enthusiasm and excitement about this particular major. And as I sat there listening, I thought, you know what, I can't do this work anymore. This is not my mission right now. One of the things David asked me to do when he was dying was to, at the time, so the St. Baldrick's Foundation is the organization that I work for. And our fundraising shtick, if you will, is to shave heads to stand in solidarity with kids who have cancer. Mm -hmm. So in 2008, 
eight or nine, he was invited to speak at an event. And he told me he didn't want me to shave my head because uh, I had offered that even before I knew about St. Baldrick's. Mm-hmm. And he said, why would you do that, mom? That's weird. I'm like, okay, fine. No problem. I just thought, you know, help, yeah. you know, be supportive. Right. So we get to this event. He, he gives his spiel in front of like a huge high school audience. And then he says, and to kick things off, my mother's going to shave her head. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Why would I say no? So, and that was the moment that cancer had less power in our lives. It was a very transformational moment. So when he was getting ready to die, he had asked me to do a number of different things, um, including buying his sister real Ugg boots, not the cheap ones, because I could be cheap. Um, (laughs) So she gets her own boots every Christmas. Oh my God, that's so awesome. Uh, yeah, Keep that's praying. a whole other story. That's a whole other story. But um, but basically my mission, like my life work changed and, and I called the St. Baldrick's Foundation and basically said, you know, I'd like to come and work for you mm. and was able to transition um, into a different career path. And so do I think we are all called into the world with a mission, with a purpose? Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. But I do think that that evolves. And as I get closer, I have um, less than three weeks, I think, before I turn 50. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I get closer to 50 and have more experience under my belt, I think we can pivot. I yeah. think learning to pivot is a skill yeah. and learning to pivot into what turns you on, what lights you up yeah. is so important because life really is short and doing what you love is critically important not just in your, in your professional work or what pays you, but in all, all the ways that you spend your time, you know, how are you spending your time and why are you spending time in a certain way? Um, and for me, I like to think about using all of my time in a way that gives me joy and makes me feel like I have a purpose, whether it's helping a friend, um, you know, listening to somebody, supporting mm-hmm. somebody, doing something, whatever it is, I think you always have to have, always start with, you know, what's my purpose and am I doing something to make this world a better place today than it was before? Right. So, so in saying that everyone's purpose doesn't necessarily need to be this thing, but it can be, how am I going to make this place a better place or someone's life a better or someone's day, a better day. Am I right? Yep. Like that, yes. that and, could and be that, your purpose today. And, and that, I think that simplicity of just that is so important because it's so easy, you know, as adults, a lot of what we do in our day-to-day is like pay a bill, talk to our attorney about our divorce, mm-hmm. um, you know, go to a doctor's appointment because, you know, we're old enough now we have to have these certain checkups done. So there's all these things that can suck us dry and take everything out of us and just be like, oh, life is horrible. Yep. But I challenge myself and everybody around me every day mm-hmm. to change that, change that um, tape and say, how is today great? Yeah. What is today? What makes today special? Yes, it's snowing and gray and cold. And I want to be like, oh gosh, it's miserable out. Right. But how about we say, wow, look how bright the snow is today. Look how it's sparkling how lucky am I to have another winter? Um, And those little ways of reframing how we talk to ourselves Mm -hmm. and the messages we give to the world, Mm -hmm. it then reflects back out. Like when you reached out to me and said, you wanted to hear my story, I was like, what's, what is my story? I don't really have much to say, but Mm -hmm. I appreciate that you notice the way that I try to come out into the world 
yeah. is with, with a smile and with yeah. positivity. It's very apparent that that's, um, that's what you do. It's not necessarily, in, uh, it's not necessarily obvious that that is your intention is to inspire, but it comes naturally that you inspire by the way that you show up. So I love the fact that that is in alignment with how you want to show up because yes. the way that you want to show up is exactly what I see on the outside is that you bring joy and you bring happiness and you bring smiles and you bring realness, obviously, because we're human, but you do find the joy every day in sharing something about maybe some sort of struggle, but here's how you came over it. And, um, I think that that, I think what you said is really important because there are so many people that feel that, um, they do go through life with just the agenda and checking off the boxes. And here's all the things we do. And we don't necessarily, we want to, we want to feel like we have a purpose or we want to feel like, let's just say we want to feel good. Right. Right. But it's hard when we're just checking off the boxes. So what you shared is finding the moments in the, and that's the whole purpose, honestly, of this podcast is, is talking to all of these amazing people who find those itty bitty moments to say, you're more than a glass half full. You're like a glass three quarters and, you know, full because there are things in the day that you can pull out that say, you know what? Yes. There's another snowstorm coming or whatever, but I'm in a nice warm house. I'm, you know, I have yes. all of these amazing friends I've met online, like yes. thank goodness for Facebook, you know, I mean, <laughs> yes, are, sure. it's, it's really sure. hard to say that because it's not real cool to say that, but it's the well, truth. And I can thank Facebook for the last 12 years of my life to give me friendships like this. So and I, I think sharing, you know, I, I do think I, I'm like the queen of keeping it real, right? So when it's yeah. great, it's great. When it's a nightmare, it's a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, I've had my moments, mm -hmm. even just recently, you know, with my breast cancer and all of that, it, there were moments in time where it just, it felt really dark. And I am happy to talk about that darkness. Yeah. Um, and I'm also happy to sit in that darkness, Right. but then I like to move forward to find a way right. to say, you know, how do we, how do we put some glitter on this? How do we, how do we yeah. turn this around a yeah. little bit? Yeah. Um, and I think part of that, again, I go back to, so here's a little funny story about David. And when he died, one of the things he said, well, he asked me before he died, he said, you know, how will I find you? Mm. And I'm like, how will you find me? And we're not a very religious family. Mm -hmm. Um, and well, I'm sitting there and I was rubbing morphine cream into his feet as we were having this conversation. And I said to him, I said, you know, I'll sprinkle glitter everywhere I go. I'll sprinkle glitter and you'll see the sparkle. Well, that resonated for him. And when he died and it was so crushingly painful to even say that he died, um, what I wrote on his um, care pages at the time, I said, it's time to sprinkle your glitter. So every year we sprinkle glitter um, on his, what we call his glitterversary, which is the day that he died. But I sprinkle glitter pretty much all the time. There's glitter literally everywhere around me, in my car, in my oh pockets, my uh, it's everywhere. I love and that. I used to hate glitter. I do not craft. I am not a crafter. And there are a lot of things I don't do well. Crafting is like right at the top, um, possibly along with budgeting. 
mm-hmm. but those are not my things. And, mm-hmm. and now glitter is everywhere. It's like rubbed into, on my Peloton, sometimes I see little flecks, there's a little glitter there. Um, and just knowing that sparkle is out there, I think that, again, it's like the light reflects back. And so the more you put out there that's positive, even the real positive, you know, the, the difficult things, but trying to find that more positive underlying um, story or lesson, mm-hmm. I think that's just so, so critical to living a life that is joy filled. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think you're better off the energy spent finding that if you're having a hard time finding the positive, the energy spent finding the positive is actually more valuable than the energy spent not right. Absolutely. And I, and I think looking for the positive as you train your mind, because I think, again, your mind, you're trainable. We're all, we're people like we can learn new things. Mm -hmm. And as I've gotten older, it's more and more important to me to train my mind and to stay on the positive side because I've been in the horrible darkness. I mean, I, I was there, I was, I remember sitting on my couch, you know, the one new year's Eve, I think it was 2014. Um, I was like a hundred pounds overweight and I pretty much was like, you know, I should just kill myself because this is so hard. And that's, and and then it was a decision to stay here. It was a decision to be present and Mm -hmm. to look for how to embrace life and how to live big and Mm -hmm. do the things that, you know, that David asked me to and do them because Daisy deserves that. Um, You know, and so the relationship that she and I have now is just, it's spectacular. It's, it's like my whole reason for being, and it's like the best. So I feel very blessed. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I actually have one more question that I want to, sh- I want you to kind of dive in a little bit further into your story and, and kind of share more about, you know, the things that you've already touched on. Um, what is your favorite thing about human connection? Because you're clearly in, in these groups that you've connected with people and very special people. What is your favorite thing about human connection? I, you know what, I am naturally curious about people. I, I love to hear everybody's story and their unique take on things and their, um, their experiences. And I think in sharing everybody's stories back and forth and what we find, and again, in this climate, you know, we're always looking for ways to be, you know, on either side of the aisle or, right. you know, polarized in different ways. I think if you share with people your real self, and they share back their real self, mm-hmm. that connection mm-hmm. in there, you're going to find something. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my favorite examples, I'll give you an example, because I think it's so, it's just so poignant for me. In one of my other groups, there's a woman who literally has prayed for me every day for at least two years. And she sends me a little message every day. And as I mentioned, I'm not super religious. And to be honest, after David died, I kind of was like, you know, right. Uh, <laughs> questioning yeah. right yeah, don't get, get me started saying. right yeah but she and but she wanted to pray for me mm-hmm. and I thought wow like how lucky mm-hmm. I am to have somebody who wants to take a moment in their day to just make sure that I'm known that I'm to make sure that I know I'm cared about mm-hmm. and that I'm noticed mm-hmm. and I think as humans we want to be seen we want to feel supported. We want to be connected to each other. Mm-hmm. And finding connections can be difficult if we don't have 
you know, I think a lot of times in the, in the before times, you know, before social media was really a thing, you know, it was probably more in your neighborhood, in your local places. Mm -hmm. The beauty of now is I've got friends up in Massachusetts and friends in New York and friends in Florida and friends in Arizona, California, you know, all over. And, and it is real and connected Mm -hmm. and you can craft a life where you go see those people, connect with those people, zoom, whatever, um, meetups and things, riding our bikes, doing the things we love running. Um, that's how we see each other. And it's so rich and wonderful. And I just, you know, it's just such a gift. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> I couldn't I agree with you more. The last 12 years of my life have been everything that you just said. And I am incredibly grateful for every single human connection I've made in those years for those exact reasons. So I'm so glad. Of course, of course, it just happens to be that you share exactly how I feel, which is why do you think I had you on here? There you go. I kind of had a feeling that you might say something similar to what I have. And that's the thing is that we do have these connections and we have these you know, you be, you're being transparent. And of course, sometimes it's hard to be, you know, trusting of people, but there is this magic when you trust enough to share, because what you do by that is that you open yourself up to experience something like what you're experiencing, someone messaging you every day, praying for you, like how blessed are you? Because you took a risk and being a little bit transparent about what you've got going on in your life. And now you're blessed a thousandfold, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I love that you shared that. Okay. So would you share a little bit more about, I know we, sh- you shared about David and kind of moving forward, what mm-hmm. things have gone on in your life that you continue to find those magic moments? Because I know that you've had some very rough years, even after that. And, and most recently, so I would love for you to share as much as you, you, you feel that, um, you would like to share, but I know yep. how powerful your story is. So it's so interesting when you, um, you know, when you have a child who has cancer, right, you're, you're kind of this anomaly and then you show up at a party and you're like, the weird one because your kid has cancer and I wish that was like my only you know Mm -hmm. anomaly but that is not the case and I think um David's story David's life prepared me for the life that I currently live um and so just briefly I you know I was definitely I was overweight. I was eating my feelings. I was drinking my feelings. I was kind of a mess um, until about 2015. And then I realized like, okay, girl, nobody's coming to save you. Mm -hmm. And you need to like step it up because there are people all around you who want to help you and who are cheering for you, but you're not open and receptive to that. Mm -hmm. So I spent a few years kind of getting my act together. I started to run because I was inspired by some um, friends who ran a hundred miles in honor of David. Mm -hmm. And that led to a group called Sub 30, a running club. Um, The name is because you're trying to run a a 5K in under 30 minutes, but that's not necessary to be part of the club. I wouldn't be part of the club if that was was a rule. Um, But I found this amazing community of people based both locally here where I am, but also all around the country. And I started to run and I ran more and I ran longer and longer 
and longer. And in 2018, I decided I was going to run a marathon. So I went up to a very special place in Maine um, where there was a, the Maine Coast Marathon. And I ran that marathon with so much love and support. I can't even tell you the cards that people sent me, the, the little gifts, uh, tokens, things. I mean, I was just so, it was the most inspired running you could ever possibly imagine. And it really was just such a piece of healing for me in terms of my grief and the work I'd been doing within my grief and just trying to move myself forward. It was phenomenal. And then after you finish running a marathon, you know, you get a week off and we call it fat kids week where you just mm -hmm. eat whatever you want, mm -hmm. lay on the couch, watch the Netflix, whatever. Mm -hmm. I did all that. And then my coach said, okay, it's time to go for a run. So my first run back, I was out on a trail and I went to go across the street. I was in a crosswalk. Um, I was in neon um, and a woman did not stop it as, she, as she was driving and she hit me with her car. So my ankle, I had a trimalleolar fracture. Um, I live with chronic pain in my ankle. I've got 12 screws, a couple plates. It's a mess. Took years to kind of get that back together again. Yeah. That was a dark period. Um, I think that was also probably the end of my marriage. Um, my husband decided that he would be dating somebody else uh, while he was still married to me. I didn't know this. It was a whole hidden life he had. Um, really unfortunate um, how that all played out because I think he's a wonderful man. And I think, um, you know, he had painful circumstances and, you know, he did what he did, but, but that led to um, the discovery of his affair in 2020 in January. And I'll never forget the day I was, I was literally getting ready to go to spin class and filling up my water bottle and his phone had been dinging because he'd been to, unfortunately, he's a school teacher and um, a child had, had died of suicide um, and he'd gone to the funeral, you know, when your parents of a child who died, people think you have this like awesome expertise in dealing with death. Right. And sometimes that's true. And I, and I think he, he really had a very nice way. He has a very nice way with people who are grieving, mm -hmm. but his phone was dinging and I'm like, gosh, what is going on? And I, we've been married almost 25 years at that point. I never, never thought, never, ever, ever thought that my, my husband my husband would choose to enter into a sexual relationship with another person. Mm -hmm. And he was married to me. Mm -hmm. And I turned the phone over and saw the text messages. And I just, it was almost like my heart stopped. And I, I, I literally couldn't believe it. And it just, gosh, it broke me. I mean, it really, it was such a violation of the trust that I thought we had and the relationship that I thought we had. And, um, you know, and, and we dealt with that and I did file for divorce and I'm happy to say that as of this week, I'm divorced. Yeah. Um, so yay for that. And, and yay for him. Yay for yeah. him. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Move forward in his life and, right. and for me to, to be um, able to move forward in mine. Yeah. So, but in that process, in the two years it took to get divorced, um, I went for, I'm a big believer in, you know, you should get your routine screenings. I don't always do it because I don't like going to the doctor. Mm -hmm. um, but I had gone to the doctor in the fall and she said, oh, you need your mammogram. Yep. Okay. Well, with COVID, everything was backed up. I didn't have my mammogram until February. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately they called me back. Then they called me back again. And then they called me back again. And I did have breast cancer. So I went through all of that. Um, 
And as far as I can tell at this point, you know, I'm doing well, it's, um, but it was another dark period. It was another moment because I, the biggest tool in my toolbox to take care of myself is physical activity, because I really believe that movement is medicine. I do believe that moving our bodies, getting those endorphins flowing, um, it sets you up for success in your mental attitude, also in the choices you make and what, how you eat, how you approach life, problem solve. You know, once you've trained for a marathon, you know how to fix any problem because you've dealt with every problem. So, you know, so I really love, I love my exercise. Um, And it's been frustrating um, to not be able to run because it's just the medication I have to take has caused some some challenges. But, you know, I still get out there. I still do my thing. And the Peloton, you know, how we met and how, I mean, you knew the bike that goes nowhere, right? I know crazy. Yeah. But I got mine, my daughter. So Daisy was going to college. We were, we actually were dropping her off. My girlfriend came with me. Um, and they had gone out to go get something. I forget now. And her friend was with us too. And I was sitting there and I kept seeing these Peloton like ads coming up and I'm like, I'm buying a Peloton. I'm going to buy a Peloton. And in, in the hotel room, as we were like getting prepared to drop her off for her first year in college, I'm like ordering myself a Peloton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who, who knew? Sounds who knew? familiar. <laughs> I, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it was just a crit, but part of it was like my gym had closed for a while mm-hmm. and like that winter 2020 or 2021, yeah. 2021, I guess it was the snow. I mean, there was so much snow, right. like even getting out to run was like crazy. So I bought the Peloton and you know, I thought it was just going to be, I get on and ride my spin class and, and that's it. And, mm-hmm. and then I found, I think, I, I don't even remember what for, what the first group was that I right. found, but I posted something and somebody said to me, oh, you should join Peloton singles over 40. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God, let's get our <laughs> head wrapped around that for a second. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm still that in itself. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, I was interested. So at this point, you know, I knew my husband had moved on mm-hmm. and um, I, I was like, okay, okay so how, what do, I, what do you do? I mean, yeah. you know, when we dated and stuff, right. like there was barely, you know, phones and right. there was no cell phones. There was no we, email. I remember when email started, you know? Yep. Um, so, so now we're supposed to go on these apps and find, <laughs> you know, dates. And I'm like, I don't, I just don't know about all this. Mm-hmm. So it was, it's been, um, I love our group mm-hmm. because I love seeing the trials and tribulations, um, some of the frustrations, but also I love to see one of the things that I notice is like the struggles are similar for all of us, no matter right. what stage we're in with this. It's like, everybody's afraid of being ghosted. Everybody's mm-hmm. afraid of being left out. Mm-hmm. Everybody's afraid of not finding someone. Mm-hmm. And I had all of those same feelings and thoughts, Um, you know, and then it was one of those, I got very lucky Um, in another group that I was in, there was somebody there um, and he and I started talking and and we both have some tragic past issues. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he wasn't ever afraid to talk about that. Um, he's not afraid to talk about that. And I think, so we started, we started talking and then it turned into something different and, um, it's, it's really cool. But I think my advice to people, like 
who are newly single or thinking like, gee, I'd love to meet somebody. Like, how do you meet somebody? Mm -hmm. Do the things you love. What turns you on? What makes you happy? Mm -hmm. And find people in that same tribe. Because I think, you know, if you love to travel and you go travel, Mm -hmm. you're going to meet somebody. Mm -hmm. If you love to run, go run. You'll meet somebody. If you love to cook, take a class, you'll meet somebody. I do think there are lots of people out there. And quite frankly, we're all kind of in the same boat. We're all kind of looking, we're all kind of wanting. And I think the biggest other nugget for me has been, how am I going to show up for that relationship? What am I going to do? And, And to not judge it and to not judge myself, to not judge my partner, to look at it and be like, what can I bring here to make it better for both of us? Mm-hmm. Um, not ex- again, nobody's going to save you. Yeah. That's one of my favorite lines. Nobody's coming to save you. Yeah. You have to save yourself. Yeah. So find the tools and resources so that you can package that up for yourself to make your own self an excellent partner for somebody. Mm-hmm. Be your best partner so you can be somebody else's mm-hmm. best partner. Mm-hmm. And if you do that and who knows, you know, life is so strange and twisty turny and, um, you know, this is all new to me, but, yeah. but it's a whole lot of fun. And at the very and it's least, whole, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. At the very least, it's a lot of fun. And, yeah. um, it brings and you it allows, joy. It brings me joy. It brings me a lot of joy. And I, and I'm very lucky. I have a, a schedule that allows for me to travel. Um, but I have, I mean, to be honest with you, I've got the best of all the worlds and, yeah. Um, I think, I think it's because of how you set it up for yourself. It's, it's what do you create for yourself and you can either make it the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. And whatever you tell yourself, it's going to be, I promise it's going to be that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You put yourself in those, those positions, even when it's uncomfortable or you could hide and just sit on that couch and just not do it. And Mm -hmm. you chose to put yourself into places that you, you know, even buying the bike. Well, I think I'm supposed to do this. I'm going to do this. And you buy the bike and here you are, you know, I mean, it was very similar for me. I bought the bike because there was nothing else to do. I wasn't, I wasn't finding joy in the things that I was doing and obviously being locked down and being a nurse. Yep. Um, I don't know. There's something about this bike. I'm just going to buy this bike. I'm going to put myself in a place where I feel like I need to be, and I'm going to find joy in that. And because of that, I've met some really amazing people because of that darn bike. <laughs> it's a, it is amazing. And how little we talk about the darn bike, but you know, one of my favorite things too, is like knowing the people in our group. And like, when we do get on a ride together and high-fiving each other and supporting each other, knowing each other's backstory again, because right, like we've all kind of been on a rough road at yeah. various points. And yeah. so being able to give that high five to yeah. somebody who, you know, just came off a horrible shift at work right. um, or just had a terrible breakup or a parent pass away. I mean, all of those things and just being able to just tap that little button, give them a high five. It's like, I see you. I yeah. There. yeah. And it goes both ways clearly because you're being seen as well. Like you said, yes. everybody just wants to be seen. And especially in a group like that, you know, everybody's gone through things and, um, 
the need to be seen and actually being seen are two different things. And that is the most powerful thing about it is that, you know, when you put yourself out there, you're going to, you're going to receive just as much, if not more. Right. And, And I think you get more. And I think the resiliency that when you push yourself on a ride, when you are going for that PR, Mm-hmm. you know, when you have to dig in and really work for it, mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's great satisfaction in that. And again, I think that's part of, you know, my coping has been challenge yourself physically because those things where you're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. My legs are going to fall right. off. I'm going to, you know, I can't and breathe. then you make it through and you're like, ah, I know. And it's like, and then of course, you know, we have to tell everybody about it. PR it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just, it's a great feeling. And I think that um, creating a sense that you can do things that are hard, that you can get through tough times, that you can find joy in the moment, Mm -hmm. or at least somewhere around the moment, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that resiliency, the ability to pivot, all of that is just, that's what I've learned from physical activity. And the Peloton just brings like a whole nother level of like, social connection that for me, again, I'm an empty nester. Now my daughter's at college. I'm here by myself with the dog and the cat and the fish. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I want, I want to connect to people and I want to connect to people who love what I love. And the Peloton is, um, you know, I'm passionate. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I know (laughs) we all join the cult. (laughs) I know it's a good cult. It's a great one. Are you kidding me? It's the best one. (laughs) It is the best. Well, I appreciate every bit of your story. I mean, I, I, and the fact that you show up in life the way that you do, I think is a huge inspiration for anyone that's going through any sort of rough time that can't seem to see the other side of it. Right. I know for me, there was a period of time where I, like, I just, I know there's, there's this wall. I can't seem to be the other side. And the way that I got to the other side is to see other people get to the other side and see how they did it and know that it's possible. So I think that every single piece of your story, I think that people can resonate in one way or another to say, okay, I can get past this. I can get through this. I can be happy. I can be joyful. I can smile like Susan because (laughs) she's gone through all of this and she's been able to find those moments and really embrace them and really, and really share them for the benefit of, of, of us. Right. I mean, obviously it benefits you because when you share those things, you feel good, you feel good enough to share that you want the world to hear. Right. I mean, I, I can relate to that. And, um, by doing that, you know, there are just so many other people that can benefit from that. So I, I appreciate you sharing every bit of your story. And I know that I met you right around, right before you found out you had breast cancer. And I remember messaging you and then, and then you went through all of that. And now I see you now. And it's just, it's such a huge, huge inspiration. And Thank I'm you. so blessed I, that people get to hear that. Well, and I appreciate that because I, you know, I think the key is exactly what you said is like, you know, you might be in a place right now where it's dark and it's hard and I get it. Mm -hmm. I know, but I also know if you keep going, you are going to get to the other side and gosh, it's even sweeter when you do, because once you get there, you're like, yes. And and I'm just coming back. I mean, really, I'll be honest with you, the breast cancer in April of 2021, Mm -hmm. or it was around that time I went through my surgery and stuff you know, it's been a dark and long road. And I look at how I'm heavier, I'm less fit. 
Um, but you know, I'm kind of made a decision in January. My boyfriend and I actually kind of went on a diet together and he's doing great. I'm not doing too great, but he's, <laughs> he's doing amazing. Um, but I'm riding my bike again with a more, mm -hmm. with a more vigorous, passionate, um, right. focus on the output. And, and I feel yeah. myself coming back to the, the yeah. athlete that I like to be. So, yeah. you know, you, the times can be, but even in the, even in the difficulty, keep looking for the little joyful nuggets because they are there even as you're on the path to your transformation. Right. Right. And you clearly have found them. I love that. Thank you so, so much for sharing your story. Could you share with, uh, with the audience, any, anything that you would want to share on where they can find you, the charities, anything that you'd like to share. And I oh will make God. sure that those in the, are in the show notes. Oh, I love that. So, um, St. Baldrick's Foundation is my charity of choice always. They're funding uh, pediatric cancer research exclusively. And we have a fund uh, for David called David's Warriors Hero Fund um, that you can visit and learn more about his story there. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I, I pretty much live in the Facebook land. I am on Instagram, but sometimes I forget to go over there and yeah. like, look at it. So <laughs> I'm old. We try, try I to know. figure out a boomerang. We actually you and I are the same boomerang. age. <laughs> it's tough. That's tough, man. The Facebook is much easier for me. Twitter, forget it. I mean, I'm yeah. on there, but don't, don't find me there. But you can always, you know, email me, inbox, direct message. I am uh, always happy to talk to literally anybody yeah. about anything. Yeah. If I can be of service in my story, my journey, how I got okay. to where I am, you know, always happy to do that. Awesome. And I'll get the links from you so that I can make sure and share them in the show notes so people can just click on them. So awesome. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much again for You're being welcome. my guest. This has been such, such a great conversation and so important and so powerful on so many different levels. So thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Happy to do it. Thank you.